0: Today on episode number 804 of the School of Podcasting, I was two years old when the Beatles released Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. I don't believe I got it for my second birthday because I have a film of me just smashing cake into my face, and I don't see any Beatles records there, but I do remember when I got it for a birthday, so I was probably around maybe four or five because it was my first Beatles album. I have an older brother and sister. They all had Beatles albums and this one was mine and they released a documentary on Disney Plus 6 hours of the Beatles in many cases doing the same song over and over and there are a lot of lessons in that so we're going to talk today about what podcasters can learn from the Beatles there are a lot of lessons there we've got a cool because of my podcast story and my horror story with the Tascam Mixcast 4 hit it ladies
1: podcasting with
0: Dave Jackson podcasting since 2005 I am your award-winning hall of fame podcast coach Dave Jackson thanking you so much for being here if you are new to the show the website is schoolofpodcasting.com. use the coupon code listener that's l-i-s-t-e-n-e-r when you sign up and right now there's a special discount going on Till the end of the year And I always like to start off the show With a Because of My Podcast story When I have them And I've gone from not having any in a while To having a giant mound And I was going to just spill them all in one episode And I was like, you know what? Because of my podcast stories are like wine They need to be sipped And I did an interview with Andy Driscoll Of InebriArt. You can find that at Inebri Now that's I-N-E-B-R-I dash art he's got a number of shows over there and one of them is bar talk which is all about you guessed it bars and here is his because of my podcast story
1: like all good podcasters i am just a total self-promoter i'll tell anybody about my podcast at any moment and you know we're all trying to build our audience and i was doing research and someone's like, go where your audience is. And so I started being like, okay, who's the audience for bar talk and where would they be? And it's, it's all about the bar and restaurant industry. So it's for bar and restaurant industry people. And pre COVID I had the idea. I'm like, Oh, maybe we can get in with like a food expo or, you know, something like that. And I started to reach out then and COVID hit and trade shows went away and now things are starting to open up again. I started reaching out to um, just kind of cold calling these bar and restaurant expos, these trade shows. And I'm like, this is what we do. This is how long we've been doing it. And sent them some links. And then, uh, so we're going to be at the 2022 Bar and Restaurant Expo in Las Vegas. And we're going to record on the trade show floor. They have like a, they call it the second stage. It's a little 75 person, I don't want to say auditorium because it's literally on the show floor and we're going to record our show.
0: Interesting. Now, when you were setting that up, did the organizers of the event, did they ask you about how many downloads
1: you had or was it just the fact that you fit their, you know, audience that they didn't even ask? We, we did get that, that question, you know, how many downloads you get, which is pretty standard, but I think they were really more interested in the, the overall show, and the people on the show I host it with with several other um industry people I'm kind of industry adjacent but um you know their expertise in what they do and kind of it's 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 fun, but it's also informative and and helpful like we answer listener questions and then we talk about restaurant topics this past year all we've done is talk about covid, but you know they they really like that idea of like you know maybe we can have a topic to really relate to what's going on at the trade show. And we may have a, a special guest that they're going to provide for us. And then we want to be able to take listener questions from, from the people who are there. Nice. And are they paying for the flight or anything? Or? Uh, So we, we are covering the cost of the airline tickets, but they are covering our hotels, which honestly is the far better deal in my opinion. And they're also paying us like a stipend. Nice. Yeah, so it's it's, it's really exciting. I, I'm, I, I send out emails all the time trying to get guests and whatnot, and the number that you don't get back far exceeds the ones that you do get back, and they were just so nice and, and interested in having us there that it really kind of – I was hopeful that it would happen, but I, I never expected to.
0: Congratulations, Andy, and that's a, a great strategy. I call it Glenn the Geek or Glenn the Geeking it. Uh Glenn did this with, if you're not familiar with Glenn, he runs the horse radio network and he approached the top like horse event and said, I'd like to be your official podcast. And so since you've kind of put yourself in that position while you're there, reach out to all the speakers that are speaking there and then especially reach out to the sponsors there and ask them about their products and stuff because those sponsors are going to go now, wait, what do you do? Hmm. How do I advertise on your podcast? So that's a, a great win in many, many ways. Enjoy Vegas and enjoy your trip. We've got more tales that will be coming up in future episodes with Andy, and I'll be sprinkling those in over the next few episodes.
1: Wishing you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year.
0: Do you know what Santa put in your stocking already? Yep, it's yours. It's free and that is an absolutely from top to bottom course on Podpage. You've heard me talk about Podpage in the past. It is next to the Zoom Podtrack P4, probably the thing I recommend the most. It is the easiest way to make a website for your podcast. It's not it's not a media host. It replaces things like WordPress and Wix and Squarespace. Did you know that Wix, if you use the Wix tool for your podcast on their site, your downloads don't count. Yeah, because they're actually hosting them on Wix instead of embedding the player from your media host, whoever that is, Libsyn or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And that's not the case on PodPage. So I just want to let you know, I am doing a lot of things behind the scenes right now that I want to kind of in a way, relaunch the school of podcasting with some new features and such coming in just a few weeks. But one of them is available right now, and that is an absolute free course on Podpage. All you have to do is go to learnpodpage.com and sign up and enjoy. And if you're like, "Uh, eh, you can actually try Podpage absolutely free for a week."
1: Santa loves Podpage. So to take that free course, just go to learnpodpage.com.
0: Wow, that's a weird effect. I will be telling you how I did that with the Tascam MixCast 4. Since we're also talking about learning stuff, of course, if you want to start a podcast, schoolofpodcasting.com slash start, use the coupon code LISTENER. But right now, we are going to learn from the Beatles. Now, first things first, right? There's that whole thing about, ah, you know, people have the attention span of a goldfish to which I say in memory of my grandmother, poppycock. Yeah, she would say that. Like, what? along with Judas Priest. And we're like, yeah, rock out, grandma. But this documentary is six hours long. So here's the thing you got to realize. I I can't imagine this. They edited it down from 60 hours, which means, of course, there are 44 hours that are going to get released probably in another 20 years. But obviously, the only people that are going to really wade through this are Beatles fans. And there are a lot of them. And these are the people that want to get a glimpse into like, what broke these people up? And so I binged the whole thing in two days. So that whole thing about, eh, people don't have time and attend. No, no. If you get some celebrity there with some stuff that think about this, what is this? This is content you can't get anyplace else. Two of these people are dead. So it's, it's really things that you can't get anymore. It's actually entertaining. They're very funny. I forgot just how funny the Beatles are. And as I watched it, there are things that just popped out of the screen. I was like, oh man, that applies to podcasting. So let's start off. Number one. Number one is there is room for improvement. And I've said it before creating a podcast is not hard. Creating a good podcast takes some effort. And if you think about it, if you look at things like authors, and actors, there are rough drafts, there are dress rehearsals in movies, there are director's cuts, there are blooper reels in TV. In other words, you more than likely should not release the very first thing you did. When you record that first episode and you're like, hey, look, an MP3 came out on the other side. The Beatles are doing something they haven't done in a long time, and that is they're going to perform live. And if you think about it, That's what you do as a podcast is you sit in your studio and you're fiddling with knobs and positioning mics and things like that. You're preparing your content to go in front of an audience. And sometimes you might say, well, how do I know when it's ready? And I actually just did an episode on this on my show, Your Podcast Consultant. Links in the show notes out at 804, but it involves this. Number two, I've said this many times. If you are new to podcasting, you need to have someone you're not related to, someone not named mom, listen to your show and give you honest feedback. And the Beatles would sing the same songs over and over and over. And they might think they did a good job, yet they still looked at a producer who would decide if that was a keeper or not. So they had an objective person who was on their team, right? That's why you want to ask somebody who is your target audience, because they want the same thing you do. They want a good podcast. And so the producer in the movie wants to create a great album because typically the way producers are paid in many cases, they get a piece of the album. So the more that album sells, the more money they make. So they want it to be good as well. So they have You know, the same objective, they want a great episode, they want a great album, but on the other hand, they're objective. It's not their emotions and things like that. They have a completely different perspective, and you need a good objective viewpoint. Number three, your environment affects your creativity, and I never understood why people went from one microphone to the next microphone to the next microphone, said the guy who just bought a Shure SM7B. and. The reason people do that is because they weren't happy or comfortable with the sound of their voice. And it's distracting. I'll have a link to an episode on the Your Podcast Consultant Show where I talk about it's science, why you hate your voice. And it is distracting. And in the movie, they kind of explain, they start off in basically an abandoned movie uh, stage, which has horrible acoustics and these guys are used to working in studios and it was literally like this big giant room and they just went yes yeah, go ahead and set up in the corner and that environment so let's say you have to always set up your equipment every time because you don't have a dedicated room i've seen a really clever thing where people will take your typical ironing board and let's say you have something like a zoom pod track p4 that you record into you could take just a belt and tie it to the ironing board, you could take another belt or whatever you want to use to tie these down and bolt down your microphone arm, maybe, and so that what happens then is you can go into any room, preferably one with carpet and not hardwood floors, but you basically just fold out the ironing board. There's your little recorder and your microphone Maybe you have a, you just bring over your laptop, you put it down, you plug in your microphone and you're good to go. That's, I always thought that was kind of creative, but the environment will affect things. I, this year bought a rather expensive rowing machine and I put it in my basement. That is not the place I should have put it. Cause right now in Ohio in December, right now it's probably a balmy 62 degrees in my basement. It's just the way the house is built. So I don't really feel like putting on my winter coat so I can go downstairs and do rowing. doesn't make much sense. So look at where you record and make sure there aren't distractions. We talked about that in a couple episodes ago about making sure when you really wanna be productive, don't go to Facebook, don't go to YouTube, turn off your Gmail, turn off your phone, things like that. Your environment has a lot to do with how your podcast sounds. And again, this doesn't mean you have to go buy a bunch of sound treatment. If you've got the budget, sure, why not? But you don't need that. But just realize that is there anything, any low-hanging fruit that you can do to make your environment better? Because the minute they move from this weird sound stage to an actual studio, it really, you can see it start to turn the uh, momentum in a much more positive way. Number four. In a nutshell, I think the Beatles were bored. If you think about it, they had such insane success that when it came back to recording, they were kind of like, we got to do something different. And so, as they kind of explained this, they came up with this idea that they were going to do some sort of live TV concert and they were going to do all new songs and this was going to be in a couple of weeks. So basically they were going to write somewhere between 14 and 20 songs in 2 weeks. And I'm just here to tell you as a musician that's insane. Unless you want to damage your brand. Now I know it's the Beatles and you know they fart in key. It's amazing but it's like no. And especially when you see how they work, that was crazy. And so as I record this now, it's December 2021 and you're trying to get a brand new show launched you kind of already need to have it recorded. You're like, yeah, you, you've got about mm, a week, maybe two before Apple goes on vacation. That's an aggressive goal. If you're just starting now and you're like, Ugh, I got to have this ready in two weeks. And when you put unrealistic stress on you, right? You have this goal If I want to lose 20 pounds in 10 minutes. That's just not going to happen. And what it does is it crushes, your soul for lack of a better phrase. And you're like, ah, I told you you couldn't do it. And in this case, they really, I feel put unrealistic expectations on themselves because I think they were bored. They're like, well, what can we do next? We've done all this weird experimental stuff with Sergeant Pepper and we did this and that like, uh, we need something to like, you know, and what they did is two things. They went back to what works, you know, what, how did I get here? And in this case, they're like, we were a really good rock band. We played a lot in Germany, and we, we honed our chops, and then we wrote the best songs we could. We got super duper famous, and now we need to kind of, we, we got super experimental, but we kind of want to go back to where we were, which is a rock band. We're going to play in the same room with each other like we did many, many moons ago, but we've already done that. So how can I do something different? And that's when they put this weird expectation on themselves. So there's some good ideas in that, but adding an unrealistic expectation to me was one of the things that really doomed the whole project. Number five. The lesson here is doing a live show takes a ton of practice. So if you're a person that's like, hey, I want to go live on Facebook or Instagram or YouTube or whatever you're doing, that's fine, but just realize that number one, you're going to get maybe 4% of your audience to show up live because we're just used to time-shifted material. And unless you want to look disorganized in front of your audience, you're going to need to rehearse. I did something today I'll talk about a little later, but I had some equipment just basically blow up in my face right in front of my audience. And Why? Because I didn't really practice much with the new equipment. I trusted it, and well, that just did not end well. Number six, if you have a co-host or a team, everyone needs to be listened to and they need to feel like they've been heard. And you see in this movie where, unfortunately, George Harrison is up against Paul McCartney and John Lennon, two of, in some cases, the best songwriters ever, and what's interesting is he had really interesting ideas. The thing that got me was there's a song that George plays called I, me, mine. And when he gets to this one part, George isn't playing the kind of scuffle songs that George or John and Paul are. There's some chords. I'm like, wait a minute. Is he playing the bass part with his nose? What? That's not your typical kind of chord. And what's interesting is I went to Spotify. The number one song when you look at the Beatles in spotify is a george harrison song and this guy was trying to get his music heard he had a ton and they just kind of blew him off and they gave him I know one point uh john said something like why are you doing a waltz here i'll just waltz with with yoko and i was like well that was kind of disrespectful and paul mccartney's telling him what to play and how to play that just doesn't go over well and it's interesting because george went on to take some of the songs that he was trying to get the Beatles to record. And he released an album called all things must pass. And it was super duper popular. So he ended up leaving. Why? Because he didn't feel listened to. He didn't feel like he was being heard. And that applies not to just podcasting that applies to life. Number seven chemistry is important. And at the beginning of the show where everybody's kind of walking around moping, they acknowledge that part of the reason they're out of alignment is they lost their longtime manager, Brian Epstein. He had died of some sort of uh, rare gardening accident. Actually, it was a drug overdose, but they needed someone to be in charge. They used to have somebody in, in charge to kind of herd the cats that are the Beatles along. And Paul McCartney tried to fill that role, but that led to resentment because now he's kind of telling "It's it's not cool. I've been in that position once I was uh One of the instructors at a company and they put me in charge of the training department and all of a sudden I became everybody's bosses. That does not work well. It's not a good way to win friends and influence people. The other thing about this is. Chemistry, you want to have chemistry with people. And I thought there was one part where it was interesting because they brought in Billy Preston. Now, Billy Preston is this great keyboard player, used to play in Ray Charles' band. I was a huge fan of Billy Preston. Billy Preston is one of those guys that can take the word uh and make it a lyric anytime he wants. He'll just be talking along, yeah, singing a song, uh, and just like it just it works there. It's great. And they bring him in and all of a sudden they realize that on songs where Paul is playing the piano, who is actually a much better piano player than I thought he was, they they realized that Billy's playing the piano and Paul is playing the piano and, hmm. So if you have a co-host and you're both kind of mirrors of each other, you kind of don't need two of you. And so what they did in that case is they had Billy play the organ on songs like Let It Be because, well, we've already got a piano player on that. The other thing I thought was interesting at one point, you hear how John Lennon is kind of asking him to join the Beatles. And then you kind of hear later, it's kind of off in the distance. You hear Paul McCartney go, I don't know, it's kind of hard already with four. And if you're going to be adding people to your team, you might want to get the team's input before you go offering somebody the job. Number eight. This one drove me nuts. It's a stereotype of all musicians, we're all late. And in this case, John Lennon is on a regular basis. Don't be late. I felt horrible this week. If you can't tell, I have a bit of a cold and early in the week, I was down for the count and I am sleeping when I should be awake and I'm awake when I should, I'm just, I'm just a mess right now. And I had two interviews that I missed because I just straight up fell asleep at like five o'clock in the afternoon for, well, because my body needed rest and I just felt so absolutely unprofessional and I, Apologized, And thankfully, the people that I, you know, unfortunately blew off their interview were very understanding because they're like, yeah, you, you sound like crap, Dave. But don't be late. Be professional and show up on time. Number nine. Number nine. Number nine. Be inspired by others. I was amazed at how much time they spent in the studio where they're supposed to be recording their own music. They were playing songs that they learned when they were teenagers. I mean, they were going way back, and so that's one of those things where it's like it's okay to get inspired, and then hopefully that inspiration will spark some creativity, and you can kind of go from there. But it was interesting that if you get out of sync, let's say with your your co-host, you know, always go back to what works, which is kind of what they were doing. I know in marriage counseling they will ask you to relive your first date and remember how you felt about each other. You kind of go back to those feelings when things were good. And so they had a ton of experimental records in the past. And now they were trying to get back to just being a good old fashioned band. And one of my favorite Paul McCartney quotes, it's not in this movie, but he said the reason that the Beatles music is so memorable is Well, you had to remember them. There weren't any phones or portable recorders in their bedrooms back then. You had to remember them. And if you didn't remember the song, it would just kind of fade away. So if you want people to remember you, then make memorable content. Number 10. Now, when they were in the studio, they did capture ideas. They let the tape roll a lot. In fact, at one point, they're saying, hey, do you know how much you're paying per reel and this and that? And they're like, ah, let the record label pay for it. But you hear all sorts of song ideas that would show up later in other albums. And they were recording those to capture them. So whenever you get an idea, I always say I use Evernote. I write down those ideas. I have post-it notes all over my desk. When you have an idea and you hear that voice in your head that said, Oh, I'll remember this. I'm here to tell you, you're probably not write it down in something that you can come back later. Cause those ideas can come back. The one song about uh, something about the, one after 909 was a song they wrote when they were teenagers. And now they're doing it, you know, 20 years, 10 years later on an album. So capture your ideas. Number 11. I mentioned how Paul wanted to do something different. They wanted to do this live show, this TV thing. And what they were doing is they were pushing themselves out of the comfort zone. So these are professional musicians popular all over the world. And they're like, now we got to do something different. We have to push ourselves. And so their idea was they wanted this big crescendo, some sort of impromptu live performance. And you got to remember the Beatles hadn't played live in front of people in a a fair amount of time because they just couldn't. And when they did go out, the press would just hassle them with all sorts of stuff. And, oh, what do you mean you're more popular than blah, 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 blah. And they were just like, you know what, this is a drag. But they missed playing Live, So I thought it was interesting that one of the things that we're doing here was like, okay, we're going to do something different. And so I said, I think they were bored a little bit. And if you're new to podcasting, you're going to push yourself out of the comfort zone because you don't know what's coming. And I'm here to tell you that I know so many people that thought nobody would listen to me. And then they turn around, and it turns out that there was an audience waiting for you. We heard it because of my podcast story at the beginning of this show. You're going to hear more in the next couple episodes. Push yourself out of the comfort zone. Nobody is going to punch you in the face. Number 12. There are a couple ways to look at this one. And I think in this case, they had to look at who is my target audience. And in this case, it was the Beatles fanatic that would basically watch anything about them because there are some things in this movie that I was like, wow, I think I would have edited it out. And part of that is as I watch this, it's December. There are really bad holiday movies. And if you ever see anything in a holiday movie with like, oh, look, this Christmas ornament, my grandfather had one like this. I'm here to tell you that ornament is coming back in act three. That's just the way it is. So just because you can't get it any place else, whatever the content is, does not always mean it's good. And so what I mean by this one scene showed them with some guy that had came in and apparently they had bought the the Apple Corporation. Now that's not Apple Steve Jobs. That's Apple. The Beatles had bought some sort of production or publishing company and they're going through and they're like, oh, look, we own the publishing rights to, you know, uh, ain't she sweet and all these really old songs to the point where I'm like going, why are we watching this? But I thought, Oh, maybe they're going to show something where this is going to come back in act three. And when the business, which is really what kind of destroyed the Beatles, which is another lesson we'll get to in a second. I thought this was going to come back later and it didn't. And I was kind of back then when you get to the end of the movie, they're like, why did they make us watch three minutes of them naming old show tunes? And then at one point, Peter Sellers, who is an actor that's super popular, he was the pink Panther and the whole nine yards. And he actually shows up and says, so, uh, He sees the cameras and stuff. He's like, what are we doing here? And my answer was wasting film, apparently. So just because it's like, Oh, look, it's the Beatles with Peter Sellers staring at the camera, wondering why we should be doing this. So that was one, uh, you know, the other thing again, while we love seeing every ounce of new footage, especially because John and George aren't around anymore. I do believe some editing could have helped. For instance, I think we saw them sing the song Get Back just on the rooftop three times. I don't think I then need to watch them listen to all three versions of Get Back in the room. Like, here's here's us recording it. Here's us listening to what we just recorded. And it was like, okay. Again, I realize that we don't normally get to watch the Beatles listen to themselves three times But we did. Number 13, the power of a dramatic pause. There is a scene where George Harrison has left the band the next day. They're at the recording studio and John Lennon doesn't show up. And so the day before, when George had quit the band, they're like, well, now there were three. And so Ringo and Paul McCartney are sitting there. John is nowhere to be found And one of the cameramen or the director or something had asked Paul something, and he had kind of commented on it, and he said, he was talking about how, you know, the day before, they had lost George, so they were down to three, and now they had couldn't find John Lennon, and he goes, and now they were two. And the director or whoever was talking, kind of acting as the interviewer, didn't say a thing. And you see Paul McCartney's eyes just really start to well up. And you're like, oh, that dude is going to start crying because it kind of looks like he already is. And they don't say a thing. They just leave this awkward pause where we're all just staring at Paul McCartney going, is he going to cry? I think he's crying. Look at that. He's and they didn't say anything. Sometimes when you are having a discussion and things get awkward and you're you're if you're doing an interview, maybe you're the person you're interviewing is struggling with what to say. Don't help them. Let them figure out what they want to say, because the longer you let them figure it out, the answer that comes out is going to be so much better than if you start going, well, was it hard? Was it easy? Was it your mom? How did it work? No, just let them figure it out, because that's the problem. They're trying to come up with the answer, and it's not an easy answer. Shut up and let them figure it out. Number 14. I mentioned the business part of this was really, I think, one of the key ingredients. And I've said this over and over and over. If you have a co-host, decide who gets the money and who's doing what, set those expectations. And I was listening to an interview with John Lennon. He said that after Brian Epstein, who was their manager, died, it dawned on them that none of them, none of the Beatles had any clue about any part of the business. And so it's one of those where I always say, At least once a month, if there's money involved, make a balance sheet. Here's what came in. Here's what went out and make sure that everyone is aware exactly where the money is coming in from and exactly where it's going, because when money comes in, things get weird. It's just the way it is. Number 15. And this is a lesson I learned a long time ago, and it really rings just so true here. And that is... You will never, ever hear me say, please, Yoko, keep singing. They kept putting that in there, and I was like, is she on fire? What's the deal? It was just, ugh. So those are 14 tips from the Beatles' Get Back that we can learn. Remember, again, when we hear a great song, when we see a great athlete, when we we read a great book, probably what we're looking at wasn't the first thing It came from the artist. Stick around for a question that I need your answer on. I need your answer by December twenty-fourth. It's a hard question, and you can go to schoolofpodcasting.com/slash question. That's the best place to go by December twenty-fourth, two thousand and twenty-one. It's something I do every December. I ask you, what is your favorite? Podcast, Like, what's your favorite show? If you know it, what's their website? That's really, really helpful. And then tell me a little bit about it. And then the big thing I want to know is why is it your favorite? Feel free to go as long as you want on why. And then don't forget to tell us about your podcast, where we can find it, and a little bit about it. And again, I need that by December 24th, 2021. The question of the month is, what's your favorite podcast? and why. So I mentioned at the beginning of the show that I got some new gear. I'm talking into a Shure SM7B. It's a little warmer, a little flatter sounding than my Electrovoice RE320. And I am weird about microphones. I honestly don't think it matters. I do kind of like my voice. I don't know. It's one of those things where, again, you could get great results with a Samson Q2U. I kind of like the fact that I don't think this picks up as much room noise as my other mic, but in the end, we're talking about such a finite difference. It's really not that big a deal, but I also got a Tascam. uh, It's the MixCast 4, and part of the reason I got this is at Sweetwater, you can do three months, same as cash, and that's really dangerous around me at times. So I've I've now identified my problem, and I'm going through my 12 steps. I think I'll be okay but this is $600 and I really didn't need it because I have a Roadcaster, which does pretty much the exact same thing, except this ties into Tascam has this new software and the software looked interesting. And I went, huh, if that software is powerful yet simple, and this does pretty much the same thing without some of the features, like there's a feature in road where you can tie these little jingle palettes to something MIDI that will then trigger a light or something like that. I'm like, I don't know any podcaster that needs that, maybe some live streamer or a gamer or something like that, but not a podcaster. And I thought this might be something I recommend in the future. And I kind of asked Tascam for one and they were like, yeah, get back to us. And I asked them again and didn't hear back. And I was like, all right, well, if I'm going to talk about this, I got to get my hands on one. So I bought it and I got out of the box on Friday, played with it all day, went into the wee evenings of the wee evenings, the wee evenings of the night. For the wee night, was, you get the idea. It was late by the time I went to bed. And I thought, okay, yeah, I, I get it. I know how to use this. And I am I do a 90-minute show every Saturday, Ask the Podcast Coach with Jim Cullison from the TheAverageGuy.tv. It's every Saturday at AskThePodcastCoach.com slash live at 10.30 a.m. Eastern. And about 11 o'clock, so like 30 minutes in, all of a sudden, and this is what's so weird about it, I could hear Jim Over the USB connected to the computer, Jim and the rest of the, you know, streaming audience could not hear me. And so I ended up rebooting it and then plugging it back in. This is all live in front of an audience, by the way. And thanks to Jim, who's unfortunately, we like to play with things on that show. And there are times when I'm like, hey, Jim, what have the show? I got to go fix this. And then later it did it again but it it actually froze the screen. Like everything stopped and I had this lovely e in my ear and the only way I could reboot the machine was to unplug it from the wall. Now, does this mean this is a horrible piece of caca? No, I mean, it does have fun features. I can make
1: myself sound like an elf.
0: <laughs> and I can also do things if I want to go the other way with that, I could come into it very easily. And, you know, make myself sound
1: like, uh here we go. Let's go to the Now, oh, come on.
0: There he is. Now, oh, I can condemn- oh What the heck? What's going on? All right. We could see practice. 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 You need practice. If, if you're, you're going to sound like Satan, you got to take some time to figure out how that is. And I, I can also, also actually bleep myself out. So if I want to have a keep my clean rating, I can say things like, And when I had to unplug it to reboot it the second time, I was like, man, this thing's an absolute piece of so you can do that, too. It has a beat in a built in beeping button. But I have reached out to Tascam. Explain what's going on. What's really weird is I did not get the automated. Hey, we got your message. We've created a ticket. So I kind of almost feel like they didn't get the message that, hey, I got a problem over here. So, I'm going to reach out to them this week. So, I'm not ready to condemn this. I will say that I'm about 95% ready to condemn this. And everybody's like, well, is it better than the Roadcaster? And I'm going to remind you of something, said the guy who's talking into a brand new microphone. It's not the tech. It's not. I don't think there's that much difference. The preamps seem fine, the effects more or less do the same thing that that does. I just like it because there's not it sounds weird there's not as many features on it that I don't have to step over to get to the ones that I need. And the headphone amp will blast you out of the room. There are a couple little things. It doesn't have a countdown timer. So when I hit a jingle and I'm I'm going through like I I like the fact that I can see the jingles better. So if I'm playing some sort of song here and I'm like okay great but I can't see how much time I have left on that little jingle so that i can then fade the music up to do something like that so it's like oh oops and so that's actually if you're doing stuff live that's kind of a deal breaker right there i was like ooh that's going to take some practice again going back to that like the, the commonality theme here it's going to take practice so i just say that to say i see a lot of people that are like hands down this is the best thing since you know it's a roadcaster killer and i'm like eh, not so not so fast there. I will keep you updated on this situation. I just want to let you know. Now, here's the good thing about this. I bought this from Sweetwater and I'm actually going to call them on Monday and say, hey, have you had anybody else with this issue? Because they'll tell you. They're great people over at Sweetwater. Uh, and I'm also going to say, I bought this on a you know 90-day same-as-cash deal. How does that work if I want to return it? Because they're really good at taking stuff back. So I'm not worried at all because I bought it from Sweetwater. If I bought it from Amazon, yeah, you can you can send it back, but I'm not going to get that personal approach. And that's why I really like Sweetwater. It is so cool when you know somebody has your back. And speaking of having your back, I have your back. If you're looking to start a podcast, I've been doing this a long time. And I've seen what works, I've seen what doesn't work. I know a lot about equipment. I know about equipment that you shouldn't buy and Maybe what you should. And I can get you up and going quickly by helping you bypass all those things that people stumble over. And I love helping people plan, launch, grow. And if you want to monetize your podcast, go out to school of use the coupon code listener, and that will save you an additional five percent over the typical discount. And that discount code, by the way, is not in print. If you go to the show notes, it's not there. So remember, listener, when you sign up, because it's my way of saying thank you for listening. Next week, we have another awesome Because of My Podcast story. I will update you on the saga that is the Tascam MixCast 4, and you will have to tune in to find out. Thanks so much for tuning in this week as I grab that podcast polish and help to buff out the boring of your podcast so you can get going in the right direction. Until next week, take care. God bless. Class is dismissed. All my brothers and sisters had them. They were older than me. And they recently, on Disney Plus, released a six hour documentary. A documentary? Yes, a documentary really I'm 40 seconds into the podcast and I've got my first blooper if you knew to the show this is really if you knew if you knew the show then oh geez and I can't breathe I can't breathe and so I actually did a a quick interview with Andy disc really really driscoll you're gonna trip over driscoll